Welcome to Legion Lifestyle. I'm your host, Dean. Joining me today, as always, Randy. What's up? And Megan. Hello. So how are you guys doing? How's your how's your weeks? Ugh. That's all I have to say is ugh. Another fun-filled life in residential treatment. As a youth counselor, not a resident. That's fair. No, I understand that. My week's been also meh. I think it's because uh, that one planet's doing the thing. Um, Mercury's inside of Venus or whatever. I don't know. Whatever the hippies say. Maybe that's why everybody's been like such a-holes this week. I really thought I felt like a Uranus joke was coming. I would never stoop that low. <laughs> I'm actually kind of disappointed in you. It, that's fair. So are my parents. And one of them is dead. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a full moon last night. So. Is it really? Uh, it's either full last night or tonight. I don't know. Either way, tonight working the bar is going to be very interesting. Yeah, people like cuckoo the chew. Maybe the DJ will come back. The or the the supposed rapper. Sorry, not DJ. Uh, yeah, Mr. Platinum on record. That was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Asked about my knee. My knee's doing earlier. Uh, for the listeners out there, I've been struggling with my knees a lot. About a year and a half ago, I don't know. I still don't know what's going on. My left knee just like swelled up and got really angry. You've had about. fluid drained out of it a couple times already, haven't you? Well, not the left one. The right one, they just pulled fluid out so they could kind of test it a little yeah. bit. Um, but everything they've tested for like gout and arthritis has come back negative. So I got to go do more blood work to figure that out. But went and did a physical therapy. Muscularly wise, it looks good. My range of motion still isn't fully back, but we're getting there. I did my first like actual leg workout on Thursday. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was Can you not... squat anything or? I did what I call like pump reps, I guess. So like I just kind of stayed in that mid range um, and just kind of pumped to just get the blood flowing. And it was quad focused. So I, you know, I kept my knees in front of me kind of closer um, foot positions. So that helped a little bit. That's yeah. I still don't have full range of motion for squats or anything like that, but we're getting there. Are you noticing like any um, longer like recovery times after you get done at the gym because your knees kind of compromised at the moment? Not really. No, no everything's been fairly good for the most part. I'm just sore in general. If anything, I did deadlifts for the first time in probably about a month um, on Tuesday. And my glutes hurt. <laughs> they, they've been sore for like five days now. That was us so. last week. Last week it took a good three or four days. Both of us were kind of heebo hobbling like we had to stick up our ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely understand that. Yeah, what was the um, the one workout we did for legs? Oh, um, you know the hack squat machine? Oh, yeah. So turn around and do it the other way so that you're facing oh, the machine oh no. and then it becomes a front squat and that did things to my booty that i don't want to talk about well we we tried to do actual front squats but the, that. the issue is is like because i told her i was like well when you look online if you google front front squat the way they typically have you hold the bar um it's pretty uncomfortable like when you start loading up a lot of weight i had bruises i think i only had like 25 pounds on each side so 50 total and i had bruises on my arms because you kind of have because i did the double overhand grip on my yeah yeah because i like my wrists uh from work i'm a job groomer so my hands are kind of my money makers um so like my wrists already have a lot of 
arthritis and pain and stuff like that. So holding it the other way that you can do a front squat in which your wrists are like bent backwards really hard was not an option. Yeah, I, I don't have that kind of. I uh, could feel flexion. them going numb just thinking about it. It's, yeah, it sounds terrible. I don't. I I need to do front squats more because it is a super beneficial exercise. But yeah, same. It just it's. Yeah. It's one of those things where we, in that sense, where I like to use a lot of free weights, but Smith machine type stuff is like where we're going to be focusing on that just because of her hands. And like, honestly, trying to go heavier if I wanted to, like, it's really just uncomfortable to hold the bar like that. And I'm not going to just do a workout if I'm super uncomfortable. So Yeah, and that's great advice for anybody. Like, if, if it don't feel right, you should probably stop. Yeah, like it's less of an ego thing. Like I need to do free weight now. Like I'm cool with the Smith machine uh, for a lot of stuff. Yeah. But we did look up. So apparently, front squats uh, target more of your quads, whereas back yeah. squats is more the booty. But doing the front squat on the hack machine, I felt it in my booty. Also, because we don't typically do it, so the first time you're, you know, you're working the muscle in that specific way, it definitely wore it out. It's an ouch. Yeah, that and, you know, kind of depending on where you had your feet placed, too, yeah. uh, that helps. Because like, if you're just doing back squats, if you have your feet narrower and closer together and you keep your knees in front of your torso, you're going to be hitting your quads a lot more. Mm-hmm. Versus if you have a... I went a bit wider with my stance. Yeah, if you have a wide kind of open-toed stance, then you're going to be hitting the, the glutes and the uh, recruiting a lot more of the hamstrings. I got cake sheet booty I'm working say, on. I need to build that booty. You and me both, brother. <laughs> But yeah, it's getting a lot colder out, except for next week. It's supposed to spike back up in the 70s. But what was it, two nights ago, it really dipped down. And last night, last night it, it hit the freezing line. Yeah, I had my win- uh, windows closed last night. The night before, I did not. We actually had why, the heat set on in our house. Yeah, I had to turn on last night. But I just want to apologize for anybody if you hear some like, coughing and sniffling in the background. That's me. I left my window open while it was really cold. And I'm not sick, but like my, my sinuses chill. are not happy. That's fair. That's fair. It does happen. So, one thing I was wondering is what was your guys' first time in the gym like? Because starting this whole podcast, you know, I kind of want to get into like the beginning stages of this lifestyle. And I feel like that's pretty much everyone's first step, usually, is the gym. So, if you guys can remember back to your, your first day in the gym, what was that like? How far back are we going? What, where'd you start? Was in like high school. Let's let's go past high school. Like when you when you're okay. out on your own doing okay. it on your own. So low life. Low, low life. Adult adult life. Low level. Um, you want to go first? No, you go. You go. Um, I, I'll go with the time that I like finally decided to probably pick a gym that I was like trying to start this out with. Um, I shopped around. I didn't want to go to like Planet Fitness. Um, I just didn't like the. I just didn't like it. It just wasn't a big fan. So I went to a gym called Anytime Fitness, which they were a little pricey, but they were kind of smaller. And I was hoping the fact that it was a little smaller, I'd feel more comfortable. I'm like, well, if it's a smaller gym, maybe it's not going to be so overcrowded that I'll feel less self-conscious with people, you know, because I was a big guy back then. So it's one of the reasons why I chose it. And uh, I didn't know anything what I was doing. It was just like a I was just all over the place. I was like on the treadmill and then I would go do some leg stuff, some arm stuff, all Smith machine pretty much. And then jump back on and do like a bike or an elliptical. I, I 
pretty much did most cardio and not weightlifting, which was my issue probably early on was I was very focused. Like I thought cardio was the thing that I needed to focus on the most and was doing not as much weightlifting. And I wasn't coordinated in my weightlifting. I was not um, doing body parts like push-pull or even focusing on different leg groups. It was literally probably your typical um, leg press. And then I would do some bench press. You know, I was just kind of all over the place. And, I mean, I was kind of sore because, like, I had never worked those muscles. But at the same time, it after I kind of got to that phase of like me just being a little bit active, I was having a harder time seeing like any type of progress because I had no coordination with what I was doing in the gym. And I also felt super insecure because I was fat. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds kind of similar to my first experience in the gym. Um, Cause I never worked out through high school or did any of that. Cause I was kind of the token fat guy. I lost a little bit of weight my senior year. Cause I, I did decide to play football. Um, which I enjoyed my senior year, but I regret because I got a really bad concussion, which I kind of had to relearn how to talk. It was it was not That's a good really one. really bad. Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. I want to know who laid you out. No, I laid them out still. Oh. No, I do remember the, the experience, though, because like, I was a defensive nose guard, and I was pretty good. Um, and I, I don't remember the team name off the top of my head, but their whole line were big guys like me. And they clearly watched film because about halfway through the game, they had uh, the center, the guard, and the tackle all kind of like crashed down on the back of my head at the same time. And things got fuzzy after that. And uh, I just remember going off to the sideline. I'm like, I'll go straight to my coach. I'm like, uh, my head don't feel right. <laughs> he's like, what's the score? And I'm like, uh, I go to turn around. And he's like, don't turn around. Like, what's the score? I'm like, I've never looked this entire game. And he's <laughs> he's like, oh, you're fine. Just get back out there, which was not the right answer. And then I showed up to practice on Monday because I went to the doctor because my mom was really concerned because uh, this is all secondhand, so I don't really remember this too much, but we were at Perkins uh, the next morning with my uh, me, my mom, my grandma, and I went to order uh, my food, and like the waitress comes by, whatever. They asked me what I ordered. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean you don't know? You ordered it. I'm like, I just pointed at something. I couldn't read. <laughs> and oh and then later on, um, I think my sister had texted me or something. I asked my mom what to reply, and she told me, and I'm like, "How?" And she's like, "What?" I'm like, "Like, how do I like text her back?" And she's like, "Use the keyboard." I'm like, "What's the keyboard?" Like, it was it was bad. I had a pretty bad kind of like I don't I don't I struggled to call it a stutter. It was just like I'd go to say like say the word tree, but. Everything in my mind is there saying tree, but my mouth just will not say the word tree for some reason, hmm. which kind of later developed into more of a stutter. And every now and then um, I will get kind of stuck on a word, like especially if I like uh, try to stutter like the water boy, like yeah. I'll get stuck. That's funny. Yeah, no, that, that was rough. So what was the diagnosis from the doctor? I had a concussion. Maybe. Like, was it like a mild? Was it like oh, severe? It was bad. Okay, that's it's why I was like, like uh, what is it? The- Glasgow coma score or whatever. I don't know. They just had me like, hey, here's this paper. Fill out all your symptoms. I pretty much just put a line through everything because I had like all of it. She's like, yeah, you had a concussion. I'm like, well, that's the reason it. I ask is because they have like levels of severity of a yeah. concussion. You can have like a very minor, mild, or you could have a severe concussion. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I was 
That wasn't fun. That's all I know. Based on how you are nowadays, I would say it was probably a severe concussion. What are you trying to say? I, I mean, never mind. You don't need to say it. We know. But uh, Megan, how did you start out? Oh God. Um, I'll probably since we don't want to talk about when I was like a child, child. Um, I mean, you can if you want to. I think I blocked out most of those. Well, I think I blocked her memory is as bad as yours, and she's never had a concussion. It's not true. I've been dropped on my head many a times. That makes sense. I've also had people dropped I mean, on true. my head. I was a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I was pretty fit when I was in high school. I didn't think so, but I was. So I, probably after college was when I started to gain weight and be like, oh, I kind of have to do something about this. So my first experiences at the gym. I do remember that I would not go by myself. I would either not go or I would have a buddy, whether that would be a significant other or a friend or my mom or somebody. Oh, Randy's showing yeah, Dean a picture when I was 13. I showed, yeah, I showed her when she was basically. I was 13 going on like 22. I did not look like a 13 year old. Um, but anyway, so it was a lot of uh, that insecurity. So I always wanted to have a buddy with me. Um, I did a lot of classes like Zumba or kickboxing or cardio fit. Or she looks something like a like Wii that. Sports girl. I did play <laughs> Wii Sports with my friends a lot. Um, hey, don't be knocking because, on the Wii Sports. It was fun back in the day. Again, or if I was on, you know, the gym floor, a lot of it was cardio or, you know, a couple of Smith machines. Um, I definitely fell into the trap from women that like, oh, I don't, I don't want to have muscles. I want to be toned. Like, I don't want to look like those crazy roided out bodybuilders or anything like that. Like, you know, so I was like, oh, I don't want to lift too heavy. So, you know, I do like the abductor, adductor machines and, you know. Good girls, bad girls. For <laughs> she still yeah. does them, by the way. I do them on occasion, but I actually like do them now. I do them too. I just make sure to make eye contact with anyone that looks at me <laughs> while I'm doing them. But it was. It was, you know, a lot of typical pitfalls. You know, cardio was number one. And, you know, I I don't think I got on a bench to do like a bench press for like five years. Because I was like, oh no, I'm a girl. I don't need to do that. It was all lower body work. Very little upper body work. You know, it was just yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. No clue. Yeah, so that kind of brings me to the next subject I want to talk about. It's kind of like some gym misconceptions, and I feel this is probably even bigger for women more so than men, um, especially like you you brought up, you know, the I, the I don't want to be the, a big and muscular girl. I want to be you know, small and fit, and so I'm just going to do a bunch of cardio. Um, where, where do you think, in your experience anyway, did that come from? Is that just something that you kind of assumed, or? Um, I think... I mean, honestly, I think probably um, pop culture type stuff. Any anything you see movie wise, like that isn't. I mean, you're not watching like a documentary on like Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything about like his, you know, rise to fame and what he did. But if you if you watch movies and stuff like that, typically you see stuff where people are like, oh my god, I need to like lose weight. If you see obviously female stars and they're just like in there running or doing cardio, you don't. I mean, I. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a movie where you see, like, in a movie, a woman weightlifting. That's, like, a, a popular movie that's not centered around actually working out where they portray a woman as, like, not doing, like, a cardio-based exercise. 
Um, so, and I'm not saying that people can't do that. I totally met a guy in the gym who had dropped down to like 160 pounds when I was still fairly heavy and he had lost all that weight by running. And I was like, more power to you. But he had like a lot of excess skin versus me when I started tailoring my exercises towards weightlifting. Um, I didn't have nearly as much excess skin as what he had. And I think I, I think I was like 40 pounds heavier than what he said he was at the time. So I think he was around like 310, 320 total. And he was also a bit taller than I was. So, but I just, I just think that misconception comes from the way, um, media and movies and stuff is portrayed. So that's where we get in our head. Like we're going to lose weight. It's cardio. We should be running. We should be riding a bike. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, the whole, you know, you got to run the fat off, burn the fat off. Because even when I started working out in college, um, it was it was very similar, you know, because my, my best friend, Andrew, got me into the gym. And my first gym was uh, iGym. And then that moved into Anytime Fitness when I went to college. Um, but I did a lot of running. I know there was a trail just right outside of the town I was in that I would go run pretty much every day. And it was like four miles. And I did not lose anything at the time because you know, it's, you know, it is a big misconception. Cardio does not burn fat. It, I mean, you should do some form of cardio because it's very good for your you know, cardiovascular health. But in, in terms of fat loss, weight training is so much more effective. I didn't see huge gains, but I mean, when I was running a lot, my my stamina was spot on like i mean i could sit there and run i wouldn't i don't particularly get like long-winded very easily but when i was running a lot it was really hard like i could sit there and run and just be active and do a whole bunch without having to worry about like getting tired i don't nearly run as much anymore just because it's hard on the joints but i'm get winded a little easier but that was a benefit of running it's not all bad i just didn't like when I'd run a couple miles a week and like my joints just hurt. It was very unpleasant. Yeah, and like I, I'm six six and the biggest. Well, when I was in college, I was I think I was still right under three hundred. I've gained a lot of muscle over the last few years. Um, biggest I ever got was three thirty five. But like running is not in my my storybook anymore. Uh, it definitely was a big shock on the joints. I mean, it's one of those things where you should be able to run one hundred percent. But um, I don't think it's it's necessary. No, yeah. also, like, if I've talked to people who run marathons, and there's, like, a specific way you're supposed to run, like, heel to foot. And they tried to explain it to me one time, and I tried to do it, and I almost, like, tripped and fell off. Like They I change was, those theories all the time, too. Yeah, I was trying that, and I couldn't get focused and like in the zone with running because I was trying to like focus so much on like how I was actually running. It was very counterproductive. It was, I did not enjoy it. When you think about it in general, like it seems like it would make sense that cardio is going to be the thing that like burns more fat, you know, stuff like that because you're like, Oh, I feel like I'm so winded and I'm working so hard and I'm suffering so much by doing, you know, an hour. Sweating. Yeah, an hour of cardio or something like that, where it's like, oh, if I go with weights, I'm just going to like pick some shit up and stop and rest, and I'm not going to burn as much. But that's where you get into the most people don't realize that after a good like 
weightlifting session, your body will just naturally continue to burn calories at a higher rate for up to like 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, because when you are weight training, it's, you know, your muscles are breaking down and they need, you know, it's sending signals to your body like, okay, we need to be stronger in these areas. We're fatiguing these muscles. Whereas when you're running, it really kind of makes you want to fatigue more. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, send more signals to, and I, I could be wrong on this, but what I believe I remember is it sends more signals to your body to, okay, we need to slow down our metabolism and we need to preserve what energy we can because we got to, you know, go run this long distance because running is a very intensive thing on your body. And, you know, not saying you can't, like, if, if you love running, go run. Like, it's very important is to do something you enjoy. But if you're trying to just lose uh, lose fat, lose weight, um, strength training is much more effective. I think it depends on, like, what kind of muscles you're trying to build as well. Because if you ever look at somebody who has the what you're going to call a runner's body, like, they have very, like, elongated muscles. Like, if you look yeah. at the difference, whereas they're, they're... Look at the difference between sprinters versus, like, long-distance runners. Yeah, I mean, like, their muscles will be, like, thin but lean and still, like, super built. Whereas if you get somebody who, like you said, a sprinter or somebody who does, like, weight training, like, you get, like, these, like, shorter, tighter, thicker, you know, tree trunk-type legs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is, um, I mean, I mean, if you're strictly training with weights like you're not going to get huge unless you're eating the right and yeah and, and doing all that and unless you're really pushing yourself and trying to develop that muscle uh but i mean if you look at just for example depending on what kind of body type you're going for like if you look at professional runners versus people that are just actively weightlifters or professional bodybuilders uh, i mean and then kind of compare what kind of training that they're doing and that's that's going to be the result of those bodies. You know, runners and professional runners and cyclists, they have very divine, defined calves, I will say. But they're usually very slender, very skinny, very... Um, shredded, I would say. Yeah, very Lean. shredded dudes or women. And then you look at the people who are pushing the weights, and they're usually a bit thicker, not in, like, fat, but, you know, they're, they're just yeah. more built. And in my opinion, they look a lot more aesthetic. Yeah, it's fair. So when you guys kind of started out working out i know megan you said that you uh you know would go you need to go with somebody I had to have a buddy. and then i started out with my brother andrew or my best friend whatever and but well, did you go school by yourself pretty much i didn't have anybody uh at the time that was wanting to be a part of that with me so i had some real insecurities because it was just me and i i used to go late at night in hopes that nobody would be there that was another thing. Yeah, I would always go at like nine, nine thirty at night, hoping because it's not busy then. Yeah. Just go hide in a corner. Because once I, because I didn't work out with my brother very long, because um, he ended up joining the Marine Corps, we got out of high school and everything, and I went to college. And one thing that I was very blessed with is when I went to Anytime Fitness, um, I was kind of adopted into a community because so I was in there every single day. I was very, I was going hard at it. Was it doing anything right? Probably not looking back, but I was, I, I didn't say I built it, but I was adopted into this already growing community, this circle of dudes. And, you know, like my buddy, Dan, Terry, the Nick, and like, they all know who they are if they're listening to this, but that was something that really kind of inspired me to 
really push it and continue going with the gym. And that's one thing I think is very important is to kind of like find your community within within the gym. Um, unless you're a loner and you prefer it that way, there's nothing wrong with that. But like finding a workout partner is something I kind of wanted to talk about. It's fair. Um, I will say, having gone to iGym, the same gym that you have, long enough, it got to the point where everybody knew me and then a lot of people... <laughs> and you can probably relate, like, hindered my workout because a lot of people wanted to chat. And so it wasn't so much like a workout buddy. At that point, like, I had a bunch of people just coming up trying to talk to me all the time because they see me in there all the time working, and I was making progress. And they just kept talking to me while I was trying to work out. So I like the community, but there's, like, a limit to how well I want to be involved in the community because I still like to be able to like have my time to do my workout and I'm friendly with everybody but I don't want to be known as a guy that just comes to the gym to socialize read people's gym cues like if they have their hoodie up and their headphones in and their head down like that probably means like hey I'm super focused and I don't really want to be approached at this point in time it's like because you know I'm the same way I was talking with the manager I gym today about it just because you know i'm i'm friends with her she's kind of like she's the sister figure in me in a sense and uh i've known her for oh six five six years now and like i was telling her you know because i'm looking at switching gyms and it's a it's a double-edged sword for me because i absolutely love that community that i've been a part of for so long and kind of helped build but at the same time it's it's that same thing you know people are unaware in those kind of more public gyms and uh, by public gym, I mean more like the, the tailored towards the general public, less of the experienced lifters. Um, but I've actually I've started wearing a hat to the gym, and just so like I'll put my brim down way low, and I will not make eye contact with anybody. And they people are starting to kind. Of, it took them a while because they'd still come up to me like headphones in. I'm currently lifting weights, and somebody would come stand there and talk and like throw my weights down, pull my headphone out, lift my hat up, like what? And they're like, oh, this is a continue on with their conversation. I'm like, give me a minute. And I put my shit back on and I go go at it again. But, you know, that's a huge thing is, like, starting off in the gym. Like, it, same with, like, going to a bar or anything. Learn how to read people's body language. Like, when should I talk to this person and when shouldn't I? I mean, yeah, 100%. It's, it's just uh, a little <laughs> bit of respect for the people in there. Because some people could be like, I have an hour to get a workout in like i have to go to work i have or if you got kids and stuff like that people that are very limited time frame be be mindful of other people in there and what they're trying to do or you could be me and i'm super antisocial and don't want to talk to anybody that's fair but at the same time too uh one of the gym kind of misconceptions that floats around is that everyone's like staring at you judging you type type thing yeah and that's one thing, too, where, you know, for me, I'm a perfect example because I have what I call resting murder face. Because <laughs> when I'm serious, like, I'm focused. I'm staring myself in the eyes in the mirror. Like, I'm, you know, I, I get myself into kind of a dark place to lift the heavy weights and as intensely as I do. And so I'm a very intimidating figure to approach. But at the same time, if anyone comes and asks me for a spot, like, immediately my mood changes, smile on the face. Like, oh, yeah, like, I'm some friendly, very friendly. Because that's what I love to do. And so that's just kind of a misconception, too. Like, even if somebody looks angry as shit, like, 
if you if you need advice on something and you see anyone in the gym, unless they're a total piece of shit, if you see anyone in the gym that looks like they know what they're doing, I guarantee if you go ask them to help you, it will make their day. I get a, I get asked to spot people all the time. <coughs> I think I kind of have like a bit of a resting, just call it resting dick face. Hundred percent, I can I can validate that. So. Um, but people still will come up to me and be like, "Hey, can you spot me?" Um, there's one chick that goes to our gym. I had the pleasure of meeting her one time because I was trying to climb up a rope just to test my upper body strength. Um, and she just always has like the gnarliest resting bitch face, like. Truly, like I've thought, I I even told her I was like, I feel like I wronged you in some way because you look at me like I I personally attacked you or something. She's like, no, I just I'm focused when I'm here, just super nice. I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, well, I even told her I was like, you have a really like bad resting bitch face. She's like, yeah, I <laughs> know. She's like, I'm really nice though. Yeah, and that's the thing about it is is exactly that. Like, even though like you know the the more experienced pe- people are in the gym the more they have that kind of resting bitch face because they, they're they're getting focused because it's not easy by any means. Like, if anyone tells you doing what we do is easy, they're either stupid, insanely genetically gifted, or lying. Or they do it and they're not doing it right, so they don't really understand. That falls under stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. No, it is. Like, I again, I, I'm socially awkward and I don't really like to reach out and talk to people, but since we've switched gyms, it's been about a year now, and um, you see more familiar faces, you know, we see the same people every day, so I don't know, even if I don't necessarily, like, talk to them, there's just eye contact and acknowledgement and stuff like that, that, you know, unspoken There's the one dude that always waves at me every time we're in there. Yeah, there's one gentleman that, I mean, he always brings in all sorts of different people, and he's spotting everybody left and right, which he has a Sorry, bub. A phenomenal physique. <laughs> he's also he's like your height though. Like like I've watched this guy, um, like Arnold press like one hundred and ten pound dumbbells. Like yeah. it's it's really impressive. Like he just you he's just a solid built person, but he's nice. Something he's always like, like waving at me. Something like that is a good example of like quote unquote people staring when he does that. I'm sorry, I can't help it. I am amazed and I stare. But it's not necessarily like, you know, there was one there was one girl for a long time and I'm sad that I don't see her anymore. But I feel I hope I never made her uncomfortable because I I would stare at her and she was a heavier set girl and she was working her ass off. But I loved her outfits. She always had the greatest gym gear. So I would like look and I would like check out her outfits and stuff like that. But, you know, I wasn't judging her in any way. I was actually admiring her. I always looked at her and I was like, I was like, man, I was like, kudos to her because she's in here by herself. She's a big girl and she's busting her ass. She's got a sweat going. I was like, I was just, I'd do like a little small clap. I'm like, man, kudos to her for like getting here and getting, you know, putting in work. Yeah. Yeah. That is one thing too, where like, in a sense, especially the more experienced guys, like people are going to be watching you. And for me, for example, like, uh, being at my gym, like, I don't mean this in an egotistical toot my own whore kind of way, but like, I am the biggest guy at my gym currently. I'm sure there's probably a couple other bigger guys in there that go in different times, but at least the circle I go in, like, especially the smaller guys, like, yeah, I'm staring them down because, like, you know, like, I, I feel like a dad in a sense, like, making sure my kids aren't going to hurt themselves. Make sure you're doing that lift right, Sonny. 
Yeah, because like if I see somebody doing a form that's really bad, like I don't, I don't like to give unsolicited advice. Like I really, there's something to be said about learning and figuring things out on your own. But at the same time, if you're going to be doing something that's very detrimental to your health, like I'm going to stop you and be like, hey, like I'm going to be that guy, but like, can I give you a quick tip on this so you don't hurt yourself? And nine times out of ten, people are very receptive to that, unless you get the guy that's been doing it wrong long enough, and they think they're know it all, know everything. So that's where I differ from you. I will not engage in conversation and tell people they're doing something wrong because I've done that before. I watched a guy do bench press and he was really like lopsided on one side and struggling. And I was like, I was like, hey man, you might want to like either ask somebody to spot you or maybe back the weight down just a little bit. I was like, you were, you didn't have your, your stuff locked in and you were pretty far off one side. I was like, your weights were about to come off one side of your uh, bar and I was like you probably get hurt and he just like copped an attitude with me and then from that day forward I was like I'm if, unless somebody asked me like I'm not gonna go ahead and take it upon myself like I'll know my place if that's what you want to do do it and if you need help or you need advice you can you know I'm always there and open to talk to people but I'm not gonna go out of my way anymore and try and critique somebody especially a guy because no offense I feel like men I, I just say like it's an ego thing, and so they don't want to sit there and be told that they're doing something wrong. So like, you want to hurt yourself by all means, you do it. But I'm not. I'm personally not gonna jump in. I won't. Yeah, and that's why I said. And like, then I feel awkward even saying something to a woman, so I probably won't say nothing to them either because then it's just weird. I won't say anything to women at all. They terrify me. Yes. <laughs> just kidding, kind of. Not really. Um, no, but that, that's one thing too. Where like, you shouldn't feel, in my opinion, you shouldn't feel like you can't say anything to anyone anymore because that guy's problem is like and this is one thing massive piece of advice for any beginner you don't know shit i've been doing this for going on seven years i don't know shit be vulnerable and be able to know when you don't know and if somebody's willing to take time out of their workout and their day to give you a little piece of advice even if it even if they're wrong if they're willing to give you that advice be receptive open and grateful for it because at the end of the day you know, it might save you slipping a disc or, or popping a shoulder out or something. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, that one experience, I was like, you know, unless somebody asked me, I'm just not going to take it upon myself to critique people. Like, it's really not my place. I mean, if you want help, ask for help. If you need advice, ask for advice. But I mean, I'm just not going to interject myself. To, you know, reach out and, and ask because, again, most people are super, super friendly. And most gyms honestly have personal trainers on staff, which even if you're not paying for personal training classes, if you just ask them a question, they're, you know, they're people, they're nice. They should help you and answer that question. Yeah. I mean, unless they're a really shitty person, like, yeah. and that's what and trainers, mostly trainers out of anybody, because trainers usually don't make, I mean, they can make a very good living, but a lot of them don't. And it's one of those things of, they it's love, like a side gig. Yeah, yeah, they, they love what they do, you know, just like us, like we, like me, especially like I love the gym. If I can give people advice, that's why I'm doing this because I love giving advice. I love talking about it and I love helping. And so, like, don't be afraid to because to ask people for help. Um, 100%. But on the topic kind of a, a weight loss, um, one thing that I did wrong for so long uh, was my nutrition. Um, so many do. Yeah. And, and it took me a good five years. It wasn't until about seven months ago, six months ago where I finally kind of figured everything out. Yeah. And I really 
basically, I will, I, I've known what to do the whole time. And it was, I just finally buckled down to do it, figured out my calories, my macros and everything and stuck to a plan. And it's been doing wonders. So like that being said, like when did you guys kind of like get your nutrition in track and like finally, you know, work on it seriously? Nutrition is such a hard game. I'm not going to lie because we know so much and we still know so little. Like if you look back over the last like, I don't know, 40 years, you know, in the 80s, fat was the worst thing that you could ever eat. Don't eat fat. Fat makes you fat. And then we shifted into now we have things like keto where it's like, oh, my gosh, all you should eat is fat. Carbs are the devil. Don't eat carbs. And, you know, if you eat too much, you know, protein, your kidneys are going to fail. Oh, oh no, eat more protein now because that's what's going to satiate you. Like, at the end of the day, we know, but we have no fucking clue. So I would say I've, I've gone through all of these cycles. Um, I feel like you just have to find what is sustainable for you. At the end of the day, if you look at the mathematics of it, it's calories in and calories out. So you want to, you can go online and find uh, like a nutrition calculator, super easy. Um, your total daily energy expenditure, T-D-E-E. That's what you want to look at because it's going to give you a rough estimate of your basal metabolic rate, which is, you know, what you burn simply by like living and breathing and your heart beating, you know, no movement necessary, um, plus the general movements of the day. So getting out of your car and walking into work, did you take the stairs? Did you go to the gym? Did you, you know, take a shower this morning? Did you walk the dog? You know, all of those basic movements that you do throughout the day and then finding kind of what works for you within that, um, kind of like number structure because you know for me personally I'm not willing to give up certain things in my diet I'm just not willing to it makes me cranky sometimes I want a fucking Dr. Pepper (laughs) and I'm gonna drink a fucking Dr. Pepper I'm right there with you girl 100% Uh, because just like staving off and telling yourself no I cannot have that is like a psychological mind fuck to the point where you're like, I want it. I want it. I feel like I'm being punished because I can't have it. So it's more likely to turn on you in the end. You're going to, um, you're more, more likely to not necessarily develop a full blown disorder, but you're more likely to binge the more you restrict yourself. So you have to find some kind of a balance and that looks a little bit different for everybody. I personally feel like when it came to my dieting, I had to get a workout routine down. Once I kind of got my workout routine on track and kind of figured out what I was doing as far as workouts, I was able to like tack, start trying to tackle the diet portion. Uh, it went through different stages. Um, ultimately, I had decided on intermittent fasting. Uh, I did a, I did, what is it? Um, 16 off, 8 on. So 16 hours, nothing, eight hours window to eat. Um, And typically I only, it got to the point where I was only eating one main meal during that eight hour window. 
Um, but the other 16 hours, I, you know, obviously counted sleep into that. So it wasn't a big deal. It really helped with the food, the hunger pains. After a while, I didn't feel them anymore. So it, it was nothing for me to not eat for. Please eat if you have hunger pains. Don't get hungry. Yeah, I had no problem with it. I So my whole thing was, is I had to decide how bad did I want to achieve my goals and what was I willing to sacrifice? And so as where Megan was like, I'm not going to give up Dr. Pepper. I'm not going to give up this. I 100% have no issue giving up stuff like that because it, it doesn't matter. The goal that I had set for myself, I was dead set on making sure that I got to. So restricting my diet, working out, doing all that stuff was part of me reaching my goal. So if you're not willing to sacrifice, in my opinion, to achieve those goals, then you're probably not in the mental, the right mental place to be able to actually make your goals. But the thing is, is that sacrifice was something with you and your mindset that was sustainable. You were able to sustain that, whereas a lot of people, they can't. They'll jump off the other end after a month and be like, oh, my God, every piece of pizza and every taco and every Yeah, know, and that's, and that's where I feel energy like energy drink is going in my gullet right now. It's a, it's a mental thing. So those, I feel like, who aren't mentally strong enough are going to have the worst time trying to accomplish this because you have to give up things that you want that's it's hard the things that you need for your body you don't want because they don't taste as good or it's not you just generally we as people are very selfish and we want what we want and we want to have it when we want it (laughs) okay well you want to be fit but you don't want to put in the work which is the diet, which is far more important than the gym part. Yes, the gym true. part. That's very true. And I wouldn't even call call it sacrificing things because really what you're doing by giving up these different things, you're trading them. You're trading an unhealthy habit for a healthy habit. You know, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop drinking pop instead of water. And so really what you're doing by that is you're building discipline, which is the key to this whole journey. If you are not disciplined – you are going to fail. That is by far the biggest thing that you need to develop is the discipline to do what needs to be done. You need to be able to kind of buckle down when you need to. I mean, I'm not saying you need to cut things out of your life entirely. Like, I'm not going to lie. Every now and then, like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to splurge. I'm going to treat myself. I'm getting a Dr. Pepper and a bag of Sour Patch Kids. I'm going to be fat today. <laughs> and everything is okay, though, to have it, – it's okay to do those things, but in moderation. You know, if you make a habit out of those unhealthy things and you're doing that every Friday is when you do that, that's that's still an unhealthy habit. Now, when I do it, it's just kind of a splurge of the moment type thing. Like, I don't plan on it, just kind of one of those things that happen. But at the same time, I still work around it in my macros. And that's a very important thing to learn to do is kind of, you know, be able to like, okay, I'm going to do this unhealthy thing, but I'm still going to plan that into my meal plan for the day you know if i have a three thousand calorie budget and i want a thousand calories of shit okay i have two thousand calories of healthy stuff and i still need to hit my protein goals you get to eat three thousand calories a day i'm at about 32.5 right now it's it's a lot i'm actually uh you know just my personal journey within this right now um because i'm in a deficit at 3,250 calories i hate you so much i'm actually (laughs) working um (laughs) 
because I've been in this deficit for about three, oh, say, let me, I'm doing math, which hurts. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's uh, going on. So I had, I wrote up a six week program for myself, which I finished. And then I messed up my life a little bit. Uh, don't be, know what you're actually burning. That's a very, very um, yeah, important thing. Yeah, if you starve yourself and burn a lot of calories, you're going to make yourself uh, really, really going sick. Going firsthand experience, you're also I was, lose a lot of weight. I was pushing myself very hard in the gym. I had a six week, I call it uh, my lean bulk program, and um, which was awesome. My strength went up. I was losing a lot of weight. And I think I was, I, have, I can't remember exactly what I had down for calories, but really I was in a deficit when I thought I was in a minor surplus. So I had my macros wrong. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. And then I dropped down a thousand calories, which was like way too much That's of a, a it was way too much. Hindsight, 2020. It was way too much. You got really sick there, didn't you, for a couple days, didn't you? Yeah. If you let me tell my story, oh, Randy, yeah. I'd get I was into to it. it. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. I went, um, I, I literally sent my body into shock one day. Um, because I think I also got kind of the flu on top of it. So it was a combination of all of these different things, and it, my body just overloaded. And I kind of just passed out on the floor for two hours and woke up and I'm like, oh, this ain't good. And yeah. I really love part about the story because just a couple days before you're like man my diet's going so well i'm doing so great i feel great and then you're like oh shit (laughs) i was like what a quick turnaround because i think i called you guys like that that was a bad night of the day i thought we were supposed to go do something and then you were like i'm not guys i'm literally dying right now you did sound horrible too it was was rough i was not having fun then but that's uh that just goes to show like the importance of knowing where you are uh is, is very very important and a good way to kind of guesstimate i guess where your calories should be kind of like um is if you take your weight multiply that by 10 that's gonna be kind of a good starting point to where your calories should be so like if you weigh 300 pounds you should be probably be eating like a really technical thing that you can do i just tell people to find a bmr calculator oh i gotta google bmr or the t sorry listeners Turn away from the uh, mic, asshole. It's not It's not coming, man. It's right there. Oh, That's what she said. Light. This Look is not light. fun. That's what she said. It's not doing it. Oh, I hate my life right now. This is... <laughs> oh, boy. And you didn't even finish. Dude, I never do. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> oh, shit. Oh, this was fun. I'm sexy. Okay, I'm going to compose myself a little bit, I think. Good. Um... I really hope you guys are enjoying these sniffles because I'm not. Um, where were we here? Uh, um, no, but if you just find like a BMR or a TDEE calculator or something, those are actually pretty fucking accurate. Where you, you dropped just, a, you said you're on 3,000 calories. I struggle to eat too. Because like when you eat healthy, it, clean, you have to eat a but lot. He says you eat quote unquote clean, clean. healthy. Yeah. Clean, yeah. It takes a lot to I mean, fill you can up. Eat Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go. No, I was just gonna say it takes a lot when you're trying to. What do you to... mean you keep interrupting? Oh, my bad, Randy. Were you talking? <laughs> interrupting cow. Oh, moo. <laughs> yeah, it just takes a lot to meet your dietary goals. What you're setting out for yourself versus fat, carbs, protein. Yeah, fruits and vegetables don't have a lot of, and when you get like really lean proteins, there's really not a whole lot of calorie content. So. But it does taste good. I love lean protein. 
Ugh, I fucking hate chicken. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't eat a whole lot of chicken. I'm more of a red meat I at night and fish kind of person. For all the Game of Thrones fans out there, I eat all the fucking chickens. Chickens. I've never seen I'll a single episode chicken. of that show. Shame. Yeah, you're right. But I think that's one. That is, that is one huge place where I messed up for so long in my kind of nutrition journey. Was I underate, and I kind of yo-yo back and forth between under eating things, under eating things, and my kept super common. I, yeah, and I kept uh, actually had it confirmed by my uh, psychiatrist that she's like the more you restrict yourself, the more likely you are to binge. And she specialized in eating disorders. And. That's one thing where I've been succeeding so hard over the last six, seven months, how long I've been doing this now, um, is that I'm eating more and more. And, like, I'm really pushing my food. Like, I eat six meals a day. And, you know, being my size and with the goals I have, like, I need to push those up even. Uh, coming up within the next two for the next two weeks, starting next week, I'm actually bumping up to about 3,600 calories, 37, we'll see. And... Just not fair. And I'm doing kind of a refeed to kind of boost my metabolism back up, and I'm dropping about back down to 32.5. Yeah, we're ending what we have this week, which is pretty much done, and then next week is the last week of our cut cycle. And then I have to reconfigure my diet because I have found that eating a massive quantity of protein and animal products has fucking destroyed my hormone balance. Yeah. Yeah, like so bad. Women. You right. I excuse me, it affects men's too. So I feel amazing. <laughs> you see how much chicken I eat a week and I'm just fine. Yeah, that's probably why you're such a moody bitch. Oh shit. Okay, well not always can just be happy cows. Oh. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, oh, I'm a cow. Disappointment. I'm I... not a cat. I don't say meow. Okay, please get out of my house. <laughs> The Doja Cat. Yeah, that makes it worse. <laughs> I, I just want everybody Doja. to let you know I'm filing for divorce. Move, bitch. Get out my hay. Get out why, my hay, Why are you the way you are? No, but anyways, so like I've been eating, forcing myself to eat like chicken constantly, eggs. Um, I don't know what else comes. Lots of whey protein, things I like will, that. I will say the thing that if I could change would be the more intake I have of my protein for it to be less whey and more actual yeah. food items yeah. and less whey. It's hard when you're trying to hit higher protein amounts to like, and then stay in a calorie amount. <coughs> it becomes a game of numbers. And so whey protein, typically, you know, 24, 25 help. grams of protein is like 120 calories, give or take. That's, it's not bad overall. Um, so, but I would prefer to be eating actual things with protein in it rather than consuming whey protein and everything, which is sucks because there's a lot with like um, the triple zero yogurts. How do you say it? Oikos? Okios. Oh, yeah. Okios. Okios. I don't know. It's Oikos. Oikos. No one cares, okay? It's so Greek. I am American. Greek yogurt. Yeah, and I'm going to say it wrong on purpose because fuck them, that's why. Um, so that whey protein. Um, the Quest chips that you like, whey protein. Quest bars, obviously, whey protein. Um, can I correct you that there's not whey protein in Oikos? I thought there was on the back. I thought it says in the ingredients that there's whey on there. Okay, I'm going to have to look now. <laughs> but it, I could I be wrong, it's... but I'm thinking that there is. I'm yeah. pretty sure that... I don't know. Do, you, do some research and look yeah, it up. Yeah, you look that up. I'm going to continue to 
But no, before you interrupted me, I was saying, anyways, <laughs> eating a lot of animal proteins and things like that, which, um, if you think about it, eggs come from female chickens, milk comes from female cows, there's a lot of estrogen, half of the meat that you eat comes from female animals, a lot of estrogen. So it uh, increases mood disorders, like depression and anxiety. For me particularly, I have PMDD, which if you don't know, it's like PMS on steroids. Um, and this last week, I was a crazy bitch. And I've just been feeling real shitty and real down and just like I want to curl up in a ball and cry lately. And I'm pretty sure that that's why. Have you ever thought about getting like a, a full blood panel done? It's expensive. I did once upon a time when I started seeing a psychiatrist, just because, you know, they put you on meds and shit like that. But I come off of my meds and just naturally, like, I don't care to eat a lot of meat. It's not my thing. I do occasionally. Sushi. Sushi's great. Yeah, but, is. um, uh, so just I've noticed like a huge change in like my mood ever since I've been eating like a crap ton of animal products. So I think I'm going to, I once upon a time did it, but I might do a swapsies back and live the vegan life for a month and see if that changes anything. Did you find it ready? Uh, I did. And so I, I Googled if it had whey in it. And then the thing that comes up, it says our Greek yogurt is made using a traditional straining method that removes some of the liquid whey resulting in a creamy thick texture and a higher concentration of protein. So it doesn't have like added whey protein it's a, it's a to protein. it. Gotcha. It's like because it's whey, it comes from milk. Whey protein comes from milk and dairy products. So it's but just that natural. is one one big thing that you know I like to tell people is like even if you have so for me for example, I feel best if my protein is higher. I think the numbers for the average person is like point um, seven five grams of protein per pound of body weight or something so like that. Hard. I struggle so much with that. Wait till you hear what I eat, okay? And dick. <laughs> wait, but um. <laughs> so you're what are you eating? Uh yeah. So God, I can't stop thinking about that joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's like point seven five uh, and per then pound. if you're per pound of body weight, and then if you're more kind of active, it you know goes up closer to uh one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you weigh a, a 200 pounds, you should be getting about 200 grams of protein. I'm weighing in in the upper 260s, low 270s, somewhere. I haven't, I haven't weighed in a while. But I feel a lot better with my protein higher. So even though I'm like in the 270s, I'm still eating about uh, 300 grams of protein a day, which I feel a lot better um, doing so. We and eat three chickens a day. Something like that. But I... I only supplement um, very minimal. So I have like 25 to 50 grams of protein uh, as like a whey protein shake. I do everything I can to get all of my protein from food and from meat, from, you know, my fish, my chicken or my beef, whatever I'm eating at the, at the time. That's impressive. And That's incredibly impressive that you're able to do expensive. that. My yeah. protein intake is probably half of yours. And I probably have these. 50 grams is probably way if maybe not just a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on the day. And if I don't get around to eating very much, it'll probably be a little less. But on a good, that's probably about what it is. And my intake is probably 130 
to maybe 150 total grams of protein a day. Yeah, and that's where I always say nutrition is 90% of the work when it comes to this fitness life because eating is a lot of work. Like I sat down for 30 minutes and I ate, uh, I, I had two pounds of ground beef and I made four half pound patties and I ate two of them yesterday and you know I made a little burgers out of them and like it's a lot of work to eat that much and then uh, yeah so it's just, just food is a struggle but yeah. it's you know if you're pushing yourself hard in the gym you should be pushing yourself hard with your diet too because they go hand in hand you cannot have one without the other. You know, you can't expect to be losing weight and have your nutrition all jacked up and be eating like trash. Same thing, you can't be eating super healthy but not being active and expect to lose weight. I and, mean, for a little while you can, but I mean, ultimately, you, well, it, it's one the same usually thing. helps motivate the other. Like, if yeah. I'm eating really healthy, then I'm super motivated to, like, move my ass more. And if I'm, like, in the gym, then I'm more motivated to be like, man, I just worked really fucking hard. I'm not going to ruin this with a pizza. Yeah, that's or very popcorn. true. popcorn. A Dr. Pepper and oh my god, I'm gonna drool. Buffalo now. chicken dip. <laughs> hey, oh, I, I make love, that. I make that I relatively healthy. Oh man, I make it relatively healthy for what it is. Yeah. Her thing is, is when she starts working hard at the gym and she's doing well, she's like, "I've earned this I shitty meal. Myself. I've earned this shitty meal right now. This is I'm eating this. Yeah, that, that, I earned my pancakes in the morning, but they're protein pancakes. Yeah, there you go. Hey, go as long as you're getting your protein and that's one th oh, another big thing is if you're eating get your protein in first because protein yeah. is very satiating so that's going to fill you up a lot faster also get a breakfast meal in because that like <laughs> kick starts your entire metabolism yeah if time. i don't eat breakfast i can easily go until like 4 4 30 and not eat anything because i'm crazy busy at work and don't take the time but if i eat breakfast within like three hours of eating breakfast i'm hungry again because your metabolism has started it's going it's like feed me more god damn it and that's where, like, I, I get up at 3.30 on my Monday through Thursdays yeah. to get my first. I eat six meals a day. And they're not, like, I say small meals, but they're, like, average-sized I mean, meals. meals. You know, like, my two lunches, I have half a cup of white rice with, um, like, six to eight ounces of fish or chicken, depending on what I have for lunches. And then I spice it up, a little hot sauce, a little, little bit of ketchup and uh, salsa, usually. And uh, it's a phenomenal combo if anyone needs diet uh, meal prep ideas. But yeah, I know the the food is a very important aspect. Um, the uh, what, what is it called? The intermittent fasting, like that's that's all fine and dandy. But if you're just starting out, you should probably try to eat more often because when you eat more, um, it's kind of like refeed is almost what it's called. Mm -hmm. um, everyone's metabolism adjusts. No one has a quote unquote broken metabolism. Um, because if, if you don't eat anything, your metabolism is going to slow down and adjust to that. If you're eating a fuckload, your metabolism is going to boost up and it's going to adjust to that. That being said, if you're not, if you're being sedentary and you're not moving and you're eating in a massive surplus, you're still going to be gaining weight and not going to lose anything. So you got to find kind of that sweet spot, but at the same time, you have to eat to lose weight. And that's a very contradictory thing thing to say is what it sounds like but that is the truth and that is something i've learned through a very hard long five years of trial and error is you have to eat to lose weight i agree with that and then you know it becomes quality and quantity i think the intermittent fasting for me also was very much teaching myself that i don't need to like get bored and i just need to eat throughout the day like i used to be the type that i would 
let me go look through the fridge 50 million times because I'm bored, like, and trying to find something to eat. So the intermittent fasting was a way to, like, help fight that. Like, I don't need anything right now. Like, I'm not eating during this time frame of the day. Like, that I'm fine. probably one of my biggest struggles, and I still talk to you about it sometimes, is, like, I described that I have two different kinds of, quote-unquote, hunger. I have the hunger in, like, my actual stomach when it, like, gurgles and rumbles and things like that. And then I have what I call like my not real hunger and I feel it like up here in my chest and in my throat and it's more of like a craving when I'm like, I'm not physically hungry. I just want to eat something. Yeah. It's like the, that mean girl snacks. <laughs> <laughs> but like differentiating between the two sometimes can be really difficult because I'm still getting all the receptors into my brain that's saying eat something, eat something, eat something. But I'm not eating because I'm hungry. I'm eating because I'm bored or, you know, usually bored. Yeah, and that was that was why I got fat is because, you know, like, I get, I get bored, so I'd go and I'd snack and I'd, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's something to do. And then, wow, that bag of Doritos is gone. I'm going to go get another one. Now right? pizza and, ooh, candy. I might as well grab Mountain Dew while I'm here, you know. And that's a very easy thing to fall into. And you're right. It's not because you're hungry. It's you're, you're bored. You're, you know. You know, you're just like, oh, this sounds good. It releases dopamine. I want it. Because, I mean, food, just like anything is addicting. Same as food. And so all this sugary, crappy food, like Doritos, for example, they're scientifically engineered to make you want to eat more. Most of those foods, uh, you can find a billion documentaries about food on, you know, the interwebs, Netflix, whatever. (laughs) But there was one in particular, I don't remember the name of it, but it was about sugar. And they took a picture of somebody, like an MRI of somebody's brain on cocaine, and then they took an MRI of somebody's brain on sugar, and they look the same. Like, it lights up the same dopamine receptors that you were talking about. Except the cocaine is so much healthier for you. Probably. I'm kidding. Don't do cocaine, kids. Honestly, at this point in the country, the cocaine might be cheaper, too. Honestly... Cheaper uh, than gas. You right. I can just do a bunch of coke and who run. Said, I was gonna say, who said that? The, it was like, There's a sign at a tobacco shop that says, yeah. uh, "It's like come get beer because it's cheaper than gas." Yeah, it says <laughs> drink, drink, don't drive, or something. But no, there was like a senator or something like that that actually made the statement of like, at this point, it would be cheaper for all of our citizens to just snort coke and run everywhere. <laughs> I like I like that. He'd have on a T-shirt. Right. What uh? So what is your guys's? I'm curious. What is your guys's opinion on eating before bed? Like, what is your rule as far as like right before you get to bed? How long? Because I am of the mind. And I remember seeing it on some type of show. Like, might have been a doctor. Like, you shouldn't eat before bed, and it's kind of stuck with me more. Not because of I don't think that you can't have a meal before bed, but I don't like how I feel if I've eaten something. And it doesn't fully digest and I wake up and I still feel kind of just like I feel a bit out of it and I don't really feel very good. Like if I had something still kind of in my stomach. Yeah. So this, that's one huge. I mean, obviously, if you don't feel good, if you eat right before bed, then don't. But like that was a big misconception for a long time of like if you eat right before bed, you're gonna, it's all just going to turn to fat. That was a that's huge misconception that was that, that's been disproven many times, I'm pretty sure. But it's like for me, for example, um, especially my Monday through Thursdays, because I work four 10-hour shifts at my job, and then I go to the gym, and my workouts take an hour, 45, two hours, somewhere in there. And then <coughs> I come home, I shower, I eat, and then I go straight to bed. And then I usually have, like, 12 ounces. 
the ounces vary. It kind of, uh, when it comes to my last dinner, I kind of just eat till I'm full. Um, on I usually make get some big sirloins. I'll cook the whole thing. And I usually eat roughly between probably averagely 10 ounces of steak. And then once I kind of get full on that, I fill up on potatoes and then I go straight to bed. And that's kind of like, I feel good eating red meat for bed and because potatoes digest very easily for me anyways. And then red meat is a slower digesting. So I kind of have that, you know, time release protein throughout the night. And so I'm kind of, I'm not waking up feeling starved. That's fair. I know there's still research talking about how like for your general digestive tract, it's better to and some of the intermittent fasting comes into that where they say it's better for your it has different I don't even know if I want to say better it has different effects on your metabolism it has different effects on you know just the general well-being of your um digestive system if you what they say like 4 hours before bed which I'm sorry but that's a really long time like yeah I'm going to get hungry but the thing oh, is, is did like you say hungry. I did. Oh my god. Well, like for me, I don't get off of work until nine o'clock at night. Like I go home and eat dinner after that. She's one hundred percent stuffing her face. Nine thirty. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I'm hungry when I get home, so I go home and I eat dinner. But then again, like we get up and go to the gym, or maybe I have to work at seven the next day. So no, there's no four hour waiting period. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna get sleepy, and then I'm gonna go night night. If you have four hours before you go to bed every night, I want your life. Right. I will I, I honestly, if it gets too late in the evening time, oh, I know. I won't even eat. That frustrates the shit out of me. Because I'm just like, I'm gonna go to bed here soon. There's not gonna be enough time. Like if it's. I just, I, my body, through all of my training, through everything that I've done, my weight loss, that's just how I am now. I can't eat super late at night. I'm also, because I work thirds, when I'm off on my days, I immediately adjust to a first shift schedule. So I'm up at like six thirty, seven o'clock without an alarm clock going off. So productive. And I'm like ready to start the day and get stuff done. So like typically nine, ten o'clock. 10 o'clock's pushing it, like, 8.30, 9 o'clock, I'm like, I'm ready for bed. Yeah. So, like, if it's 8 o'clock, I'm like, I don't really want to eat anything right now because I'm like, I'm ready for bed. That's fair because, like, I guess I, you know, I eat probably an hour before I really go to bed because I eat and I sit there and, you know, veg out for, you know, 30, 40 minutes and then I go to bed and I, mm-hmm. I usually, I try to read for at least, like, 10 minutes before I go to bed and then just kind of, uh, kind of helps my brain relax a little bit and get out of that, like, productive state and you know I, i'm a huge nerd so i like fantasy novels and mm-hmm. and so like you know once i just finished the second book of the night angel trilogy if you, any of you guys are fantasy novel nerds it's it's by brent weeks i fucking love the series <laughs> i'm an anime nerd so i would read no one cares up. about you Andy. Okay. i'm kidding i like anime too um but i guess one of the more important things you know, uh, I guess it includes both the gym and nutrition is just making that decision to want to change your life for the better. Yeah. And I know for me, it was more of a self deprecating thing when I kind of made the decision. It was one of those things I had my shirt off. I looked at myself in the mirror and I hated what I saw. I hated everything about it. And it took me a long time and it was very depressive and stressful journey. But it it wasn't until recently when I started to kind of get everything figured out and Eating right definitely helps with your mood and everything, but it's only until recently that I was able to look in the mirror and I, I truly love what I see now. And it's because I put in that work to, tr- you know, get myself into this space 
And it's less the physical aspect. I mean, physically, I'm looking a lot better than I did years ago. But it's just knowing that I've put in the work to make myself better is, you know, it's, it's invigorating. And I mean, when do you guys remember the kind of moment when it clicked? And you're like, I need to change. I was just thinking about that. I, um, I was, I'm five foot seven, by the way. I was 250 pounds. I was single. Chunky. Thank you. I like a single and ready to mingle. And I realized that um, I was battling an eating disorder. I like to binge eat. Um, nom, 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 nom. Um, but anyways, like my kind of breaking point, I actually had one I was talking to my lab psych. I, she was a psychologist, whatever. I talk to people. It's cool. Um, I have friends. I pay them, but they're my friends. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but anyways, she was just kind of asking me about like low points and stuff like that. And I shared with her the fact that um, when I would take a shower, I would not turn the lights on because I didn't want to see what was there. Like I would purposefully avoid mirrors. Like I didn't want to look at myself because I didn't recognize that person. Like that's not the the Megan that I saw in my head. So that was kind of like my my breaking point. I was like, okay, like something needs to change and uh let's let's try and figure out a pathway that's that's gonna work to change it. Yeah, Randy, and, when did you decide not to be fat? <laughs> and but yeah, to comment on your story a little bit, Megan, like that is a very unfortunate thing that you know, people have to feel that way. And, you know, I know firsthand what that's like. I avoided mirrors for the longest time. And mm-hmm. now, like, I can't go past a mirror without flexing it. I'm becoming, it's the beginning um, of my douche era, I like to say. I'm not going to lie. I check out my own ass all the time. <laughs> I'm proud of it. But it, it's just one of those things where it's it's sad that we as a society get to that point where we have to kind of look in the mirror and almost break down into tears to get to the point of wanting to change. Yeah. Uh, I just had to come to the decision of, do I want to be diabetic? Like, you know, runs in my dad's side of the family and, you know, I was 25, 26 and 350. I mean, I wasn't far off. I was already showing signs of being pre, pre-diabetic. Did you ever get diagnosed as pre-diabetic? See, that's not fair. I got diagnosed as pre-diabetic and even the last time I went to the doctor, I mean, I was down to 185 pounds. <laughs> in january when i went to the doctor and i was still testing as pre-diabetic and i've been the last three years to my doctor and they're like you're you're perfect all your scores are well within range like nothing's off perfect. but no, I'm just yeah be jealous um but <laughs> i you know i it was it was more than that like i was like i'm i'm also tired of the aspect of like in my friend group of being the big guy and I don't mean to put that down to anybody who is a big guy. If you're happy with being that person, then kudos to you. But, like, even when I look back at photos and I have some on my phone, shit hurts. Like, and there was there were kind of big people in the group, too. But, like, I stood out as being the biggest one. And, you know, that related into just feeling bad for myself all the time. And then when I also no dating life whatsoever i i mean who wants to be with in my mind who wants to be with somebody that big yeah lo and behold people actually do care about personality but i was so down on myself that not me i didn't want you chunky 
Yeah. She no, one hundred percent. She no, no, one hundred percent. Like I told her, if I was at my biggest and would have asked her out, she said no. She would have said no. Probably. I'm not gonna lie. Probably. I'm a little vain. I'm sorry. I mean, everyone is at the end of the day. I mean, so I've in, in that's been with some really unfortunate looking gentlemen. So they're you know. ugly, but they weren't like obese. I feel called out because you guys always say your ex looks like me. No, I mean he. You seen he him? Though. You really, met him? Yeah, yeah. He was really fit when we got together. I still he was feel super called fit. out because you just said you've been with some unfortunate he, he wasn't the one that I was. Is this no. why I can't get any women to talk to me? No, Dean, you're very handsome. I don't believe you. But, so, you know, I just, I didn't want to be that person where I was like, man, I want to have like, a social life. I want to be able to, like, ask women out and, like, just not get instantly shut down because I'm big. Lo and behold, I lost weight and I was still getting shut down. So, <laughs> not a lot of change there. Megan, you're kind of suck. What women? Women are terrible. Um. Okay. So I love being a woman. I love women in general. But when, because my ex and I would still talk when we had like separated. We shared a dog. I don't know. It was weird. It was awkward. Um. So we, I think I was on Bumble, Tinder, all that crap, and you know we matched with one another just because it was funny. I'm like, haha, I'm here too, and he would like share with me his dating stories. And I've talked to like other gentlemen that I've met on these dating apps about their stories and ladies, let's, let's be a little nicer to the boys. <laughs> like I understand the ego trip that comes along with online dating because there's literally a giant pool of men fawning over you, but like, just, just don't be ugly. You can decline people, and you don't have to be ugly. You can be polite to say that you're not interested. Because let's be real, 90% of our photos are filtered. Well, yeah, so, like, I was trying to do this. To, like, I wanted to improve all those aspects of my life that just really were almost non-existent. Like, dating, I wanted to feel better about who I was as a person in my social group with my friends. You know what I mean? I also went to an amusement park one time and was literally told I couldn't get on a ride because I was too big. That is, yeah. like, one of my biggest fears. So, you know, I had all that. It just, it sucked. There were so many different things that were leading to, like, again, and that's why I was probably a little harsh on my statement earlier when I said, like, you need to decide what you want. Like, you need to sacrifice stuff. And <coughs> might be harsh wording, but, like, that's where I was at. And I was, like, I'm sacrificing all these things that I need to to make my goals, to get my goals accomplished. So, if I have to eat chicken seven days a week, I do. I will. And that's just things that I was willing to sacrifice. Like, I want to feel better about myself. Lo and behold, for everybody out there, if you have other under <laughs> underlining issues, when you get fit, uh, they're still going to be there. So just, you know, I didn't want to throw you off. Like your your life could still be shitty if you're not addressing those other issues. Just getting fit and being better is not going to be the answer to all of your problems. So just, just you know, burst that bubble for everybody out there. Yeah, you're still short. Ooh, shit. I'm also about to be single. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is, I mean, one of the reasons that I kind of picked you specifically to be on this podcast with me and you know you got to brought your plus one too unfortunately i mean yeah. uh, luckily <laughs> plus one and a half oh, oh. are you trying <laughs> to say you're pregnant no, we're gonna fight oh shit we're gonna fight Hold on, let me get i met her and the cat <laughs> yeah. 
but no is uh your amount of discipline is a whole nother level from the other people's and that's very inspiring to me and that's one of the reasons i wanted to have you here because although for you it may be kind of it's it's definitely you're on an extreme level and you take it to that far i would say borderline obsessive yeah and i mean yeah you do take it to almost an unhealthy level but at the same time to even gain you know a quarter of that discipline is a huge thing in itself and, and definitely takes a lot of mental strength which is very impressive so but I, I mean, thank you. And I will, yes. I will say, the mental strength built. It got stronger over time because it wasn't obviously it wasn't like that from the beginning. I was dedicated, but when I started seeing the progress, I started. It started just building a strong foundation of like what you're doing is working. I needed to tweak that back a little bit. Probably would have been better off if I had met Megan a bit earlier, a point in my life, because I could have probably saved myself from getting a little unhealthy by going too far because I lost a bit too much weight, which again for everybody out there, Megan's going to give me crap. I'm technically like five, six and like three quarters, but five, six and a half, five, six and three quarters, but I'm going to say five, seven, but my lowest weight for me was about 150 pounds (laughs) and everybody's built differently. So 150 on somebody the same height as me could look different. I looked, my face was very sunken in and my cheekbones were protruding. I looked kind of deathly ill. I could count every single one of his ribs. I did. I used to think that was a bonus thing because I could actually grab each one of my ribs individually. So I could eat, well, fairly easily. I was also a lot larger at that point in time when we met. But I could easily like wrestle him to the ground. He was so I, I would have to work at being able to beat her, but there was also like an eighty pound weight gap between yeah, us. Between her at like two thirty versus me at one fifty. Yeah. Now when you look at us, there's like a ten pound weight difference. So one thing that I, I feel like we'd be able to touch on this pretty well is um, you know, that discipline, that kind of mental strength that you've built up to this such an extreme level. Um, is probably where most people struggle, especially with either the gym or the nutrition. So for anyone listening that might be struggling to try to get started or just to build that kind of mental willpower, that discipline to do what needs to be done, do you have kind of any advice to kind of help people develop that? Um, Just start. Just make the progress to start. Um, Like I said, I started with building a routine at the gym. Once I got comfortable there and I was like, all right, I have an exercise. I'm active. Then I decided to start working on the dieting thing, which was very much just a work in progress because I was like, I did the intermittent fasting, but then I was like, I'm going to eat it these times. And I was following a lot of the the bird's eye meals. You've seen those at Walmart, right? Yeah, yeah. I had like a pasta one. I wasn't tracking myself the best, but I was trying to eat and I was probably in a pretty heavy deficit but also when you're 300 pounds the weight tends to fly off when you start getting active and you're doing something right in the gym you'll you'll start to see a lot of weight come off fast but just seeing minimal progress was building my the my self-esteem and just really was letting me know that what I was doing was working so in my mind I was like this is great and then it turned into like something of It's just working to like, man, I'm like really happy and enjoying myself. And then it was, it was getting fun and I was enjoying the entire journey and it became less about like, I just need to make this goal. Like I was having fun along the way. So it wasn't, I kept it fun and not a job. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's a great thing. You know, just like you said, getting started, just taking that first step. And really what this whole journey is about, and this is one thing that I've, I tell myself, I have a little motivational, it started as a calendar and then I didn't do the next month. So now I've just wrote a bunch of motivational quotes on there. But one thing is just taking the next step. And it's, you know, I, I can't remember where I got this quote from, but it's, you know, just one more step, one more step. After that, just take one more step. And then even when it feels like you can't keep going, if you can take one more step, that's all you got to think about is that next step. So just focus on the next step and you will achieve your goals as long as you just kind of, you know, put your head down and grind and just get started. And I think that's a phenomenal kind of point to wrap up the, the episode one, I believe, officially of uh, Legionnaire Lifestyle. So thanks to anybody who's listened uh, this far. And if you like what you're hearing, please share. Please tune in to the next episode. We're going to try to release weekly. So if, if wherever comments are available, we'll have an email eventually. Social media is up at some point. Um, any comments you have, both positive or negative, tell us what you like, what you don't like, so we can either you know keep doing what you're doing or fix it later on. Um, any questions, we'd be more than happy to answer with our limited knowledge. Um, so thank you for listening to the Legion Lifestyle. Everybody have a good day. Randy, Megan, any last things to say? No, that's pretty no. much it. You wrapped it up well. Yep. Thank Enjoy. you. Enjoy. Have a good day, everybody. See you.